14 years ago this week, my son was born. And that day that he was born, in those early morning, I could hold him down the length of my forearm. You know, we're small when we're born, but we quickly grow. I certainly couldn't hold him that way anymore. He's, he's taller than my mum. He's almost as tall as his mum nowadays, and I imagine it won't be long till he's as tall as me, perhaps even more. Throughout life, we grow, we learn, we change constantly. We go through primary and into secondary education. On from that, we might go to university or have an apprenticeship. We, we start a job and we might change that career too. Sometimes we get a promotion. But in times like this, this uncertain time, it might be that our employer struggles and has to make us redundant. There is a danger throughout all this that people value themselves based on how big they are. Not really how tall they are, but how big they are in business, where they've got to, what their role in life is. And they might do it based on their wages or some other dimension. And they might value other people based on those things too. But earlier on this year, when we saw the range of jobs that were designated as key workers, we heard that some of the most important people in our lives are actually those that, that have what are often considered lower jobs. The ones that are most important sometimes are, are those who are caring or maybe delivering our goods. Maybe the bus driver or the hospital cleaner. These are all valued people. And they change our life in so many ways. They have been brought to the front of our mind. But we are more than workers. We have all been children. Some of us are parents. Some of us are aunts or uncles or grandparents or even great-grandparents. And at different times, in different ways, our relationships change with other people. But in this world that's constantly changing, and where relationships change, there is something that truly is constant. And that is God's love. God doesn't care about our salary. He loves every single one of us. To him, our financial wealth is not important. 
he created every ounce of gold in the world. So what is your gold in comparison with that? But he does want us to think about how we use it. How we can use what he has offered to the world. And so in this reading this morning, in this passage, we have teaching in the law about how we treat what we harvest, but in essence, what we have. This teaching that's also in Leviticus a couple of times even, says about not harvesting everything, not for yourself, not going back over the land, but leaving some of it there, not searching out every single ear of corn or repeatedly visiting the branch of the olive tree, whacking it again so that more will fall off. Now, that's not what you're to do. Rather, the children of Israel were taught that they should leave it. Not leaving it to go to waste, to rot away or anything like that. Not because it had to be done quickly, but leaving it so that it would be there for others. So that it would be there for the foreigner, for the orphan, for the widow. That it would be there for the poorest in society. God doesn't say simply be kind for the sake of being kind. He says that he's wanting his love shared. He's saying that it's his way of doing things. As he has given generously, so we are generously to give. That we have been loved, we are to love. And he gives them a story of their past to think about. They were once slaves in Egypt. They were once in captivity. They were once prisoners. But he redeemed them. He led them out. He took them on a journey. They are to bring something of his kingdom because they have experienced his love and they have experienced what his kingdom means. Now, the people that Moses is speaking to here might have a bit of a shaky history of those events. It's been about 40 years since the Passover. And he's asking them to remember it. So some of them might have been very young at the time of what he's saying. Remember that. 
And we sometimes struggle to remember things from a long time ago. I wonder how well you remember the year 1980. I mean, that was 40 years ago. I can't really remember that much about it. I was a child at the time. I remember that in 1981, Charles and I got married and that I had a haircut that afternoon. You know, I, I, I can put those memories together because it's one of those major events in life. Not me having a haircut. It does happen occasionally. Um, uh, sometimes by myself in recent months. But he, he, I can tie it up with that memory of the royal wedding. And say, it must be for the children of Israel who have gone through a life-changing shift in their life, that they will remember something of their childhood. They will remember something of Egypt. They will remember something of that first step on the journey as God bought their freedom, as they were redeemed and set out on that path through the Red Sea that had parted before them, as they went into the wilderness and off to Mount Sinai, and then onwards towards the Jordan and the Promised Land. In the early spring, we remember a little bit about that journey, don't we? You actually think of it a couple of times. It forms kind of bookends to part of our Christian year. Because at the beginning of Lent, we use fat and form a sort of unleavened bread, don't we? A different sort of unleavened bread, not our usual sort, but the sort that Danny was making in our video, pancakes. And as we enter a Lenten journey, usually around about February time, we can remember God's people stepping out in faith on their journey. And then we have it in the background again at Monday, Thursday, as we think of the night Jesus was betrayed following the Passover meal. And likewise, we might remember it every month. We will remember it this morning when we share our bread and our wine as we take part in the Lord's Supper. But we remember not simply how the children of Israel were freed, but how God has freed each one of us, saving us not by lamb's blood marked above the lintels as it was at that first Passover, but by the blood of Jesus, uh, Jesus God's precious son, who went to the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, enabling us 
to be promised, not a physical land, but an eternity of life, a life with the Heavenly Father. As we remember what the loving God through Jesus has done for us, what freedom he has given us, what life, what promise, we in turn must become people ready to give of our very self and not seek to be personal penny pinchers. Instead, allowing what we have been blessed with to benefit wider society, particularly those on the margins today. Maybe we use what we have to offer to others. Maybe we volunteer aiding a charity, maybe working in their shop. Perhaps it is connected with volunteering in a life-saving organization. Don't know if you watched Ambulance this week, but one of the community first responders, one of the volunteers, was actually a banker from the city of London. And the contrast of the people he meets at work and those that he comes to the need of. And he does that because he remembered the need that he'd seen at an earlier time. And he was moved out of love to respond. When we see what we've been offered what aid we've received, what blessings we have in our life, we have to respond likewise and bless others. Now, of course, we can't all do that level of volunteering. And as Danny said, we probably don't have a field to leave stuff at the edges of. You know? We can't leave the gleanings behind as taught here in Deuteronomy or as is seen in the story of Ruth when Boaz tells the harvesters to, to maybe just leave a bit more behind so that the family will be able to pick some stuff up. But we all do need to remember that God has shown us love in our situation that he shows us that love through the years as a constant measure, that he is love itself, and he pours that blessing upon the world. Now, our passage may be using the context of harvest, and it's unlikely we have our income and provision by God limited to a single annual event, like a harvest. Though, of course, in some careers, farming, that is to some extent how it still works today. But for us, our earnings become a year-round feature of our lives. And that means it's not just leaving the gleanings once a year, not just bringing our harvest gifts. 
that has to be reflected through the year. As God blesses us, we bless others. And it should show also not just in those things about money and goods, but in our very attitude to those that we're called to love. We need to remain thinking continually about those who are struggling in life. Here they are named as the foreigner, the fatherless, the widow. But nowadays we might want to think of that as the refugees, the family in food poverty, and those otherwise deprived. If we remember what we have gained, when Jesus gave his all for us, why not give our all to help others? We have each grown. We all have a personal history to remember of who we are, and we can think of who we are now. How we have grown, how we have learned, how we have earned how we have been blessed. If we are children of the Most High God, adopted in his family, we will surely love the world as he loves it. Not based on earthly values, not on height and strength, not on wealth or what our job may be, But we will sacrifice and use what we have to see the kingdom come. 